Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Above the Rim podcast. This could be the last one I do for a little bit, at least until free agency and everything like that happens. But like I said, welcome in. I am your host, Tyler. This is a show we talk nothing but the hottest topics in the NBA. And today we got a special one to talk about. We're talking about the GOAT debate for most of the show. And it's a good one. It really is. A lot of people get into this. A lot of people get really passionate about it. And we're just going to take a look at it from my perspective and my point of view. And what I think about the GOAT debate, honestly. Does LeBron James' fourth ring, fourth finals MVP change anything? Why or why not? I'll tell you why on this episode of Above the Rim. So sit back, relax, and there's a ton to get into this one. So let's just jump right into this thing, shall we? Now, before we get into the numbers and everything of that nature, I do got to start by saying, look, I'm not looking to change anybody's mind, and I'm not looking for anyone to change my mind. I think it's pretty clear now. It's obvious. If you're a Jordan guy, you're going to stay a Jordan guy. And if you're a LeBron guy, then you're going to probably stay a LeBron guy. This this whole show is not to convince you of something. It's just giving you my point of view and why I have who I have as the GOAT and take it or leave it. If you disagree, that's fine. If not, that's fine as well. And now I do got to tell you, before this season, I would have leaned a little more towards Jordan. And that might be a little shocking for you guys to hear me say because y'all know how much I love LeBron. LeBron's my favorite player of all time. But before this season, I wasn't I wasn't blind enough to know that that didn't mean he was the greatest player of all time. I mean, your favorite player and greatest player, I mean, they don't have to be the same, right? No, no, nothing wrong with that. But to me, LeBron winning his fourth ring changes a lot. And especially it changes everything because LeBron James is still playing. And... This year, I know you can say, look, I, I'll even I'll even agree with you. LeBron James did not look as athletic this year as he has in past years. He hasn't. But it's still good enough to get the job done. And his IQ and the way he takes care of his body is just, it, nobody's ever done what he's done in that regard. And the reason to me, you know, look, LeBron's still playing. He's got his fourth ring, his fourth finals MVP, this time with the Lakers, the best team in all of sports, and it changes a lot. And to me, it should, especially with the circumstances surrounding this season. You got his 17th season. He's 35 years old. You got the pandemic. You got Kobe's death. You got what people believe to be the rise of the Clippers, the rise of the little brothers in the basement. There's a lot that went into this year that should change things. It really should. And you know what? You may not have LeBron as the GOAT, and that's fine. But this finals win, to me, at least keeps the conversation going to a lot of people because there are people out there, there are sports fans out there that haven't really made up their mind on this debate and are still open to it. Like when Stephen A. Smith says, I don't know if you guys watch First Take, but on ESPN, when Stephen A. Smith says that there's nothing LeBron can do to catch Jordan, I think it's complete asinine. LeBron James is still playing. So you're mean to tell me, Stephen A., there's nothing he can do to get back into that GOAT debate. There's nothing he can. If he, if he three-peats with the Lakers to end his career, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just throwing a what-if out there because Stephen A. Smith said it would never happen. So, all right, well, if LeBron he, or Stephen A. Smith said he would never enter that debate again in his opinion, all right, well, 
Let me just throw a what if out there. Like I said, if LeBron James three-peats with the Lakers to end his career, it changes nothing. If LeBron, if LeBron finishes with the same amount of rings as Jordan, it changes nothing. It, that's a that's an asinine statement from Stephen A. And the people that believe that, I, I think, are just absolutely crazy. It, it, that to me that to me that doesn't make any sense, especially since LeBron's still playing. He got his fourth ring and his fourth Finals MVP. To me, this conversation's not closed. If anything, this year reopened it. It cracked the door open a little bit for those of you that think Jordan's your guy. I'm not one of those guys, but if you think Jordan's your guy, then this year, if you're looking at it objectively, should have cracked the door open again just a little bit, and we'll have to see what LeBron does the rest of his career. We really will. And if you're one of those people that believes just like Stephen A. Smith does, that there's nothing LeBron can do to get into this GOAT conversation again, then this probably isn't going to be the show for you. Because it's a bad statement. Look, I know it might not be plausible, but just what if? If LeBron ties Jordan with six finals rings and he's played in 12 NBA finals, that doesn't change anything? I mean, I, I just I, I can't get around that thinking. I just can't. And I've all and to start this debate, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I've never been one to believe that nothing beats the original. To me, that's a false statement. Of course, something can be better than the original, than the original, excuse me. And I'll go back to one of my other passions, which is movies. It happens all of the time with movies. Batman Begins is better than the original Batman. Sequels are better than originals. The Dark Knight was better than Batman Begins. Avengers Infinity War was better than the original Avengers. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back was better than Star Wars A New Hope. So I've never bought into when people say nothing is better than the original. No, what you're trying to actually say is nothing makes you feel like the original. Those are two different things, ladies and gentlemen. Those are two different things. And the original always lays the groundwork for something better down the line. And even in one of Michael Jordan's documentaries, which I watched, I think I was like nine or ten at the time I watched my stepdad owned it. It was, I think it was like a documentary of like his greatest highlights or something of that nature. And Jordan even states, I believe, to end the documentary. One day, someone will be better than me. He even said it. I mean, come on now. He even said in one of his documentaries, one day someone will be better than me. And I've never been one to think that originals are always the best. I think it's asinine because I think the original lays the groundwork for something better down the line because the, the thing down the line takes from the original and also adds other things, right? That's kind of how I look at LeBron game, LeBron's game compared to Jordan's. Somebody someday is going to be better than Michael Jordan. He even said it himself. Now, if you don't feel like that's LeBron, then that's fine to me. But what kills me is when people act like it's really not even close. Because when you look at the totality of everything, when you look at the totality of both of their resumes, it's definitely comparable. 
LeBron James, when you look at the totality of things, is more comparable to Michael Jordan than anybody else in NBA history. He really is. And I hate arguing goats because a lot of times people don't even want to have a conversation about it. They really don't. They Their mind's made up and they don't want to have a conversation. They don't want to look at all of the numbers and every single thing that goes into it because they feel how they feel. I don't hate on those people because I'm one of them. But today, on this show, we're going to get into it a little bit. And I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to tell you why I think LeBron James is now the greatest basketball player of all time. And you can agree with it, you can disagree with it, whatever. It don't make no difference to me because, like I said, if you're a Jordan guy, the chances are you're always going to be a Jordan guy. It may not be because he's the best, but like I said, it's because of how he made you feel. And a lot of you were kids when Jordan was coming up, and it made you feel good. You were fans of the NBA. Jordan made you feel good. So don't hate on me because I have LeBron, because I was a kid when LeBron was on the come up. And guess what? LeBron James made us feel the same way. He did. Now, there's a lot of things people don't know about Michael Jordan. So, in this show, I hope to enlighten some folks. All right? And we'll start here. Michael Jordan played 15 seasons in the NBA. Not six. But if you listen to if you listen to the people that think he's the goat, boy, oh boy, would you think he only played six seasons, right? That's all they bring up. Those six seasons. The other nine don't matter, right? <laughs> like I said, six seasons. That means Jordan failed to reach the finals nine times. But like I said, that's not important. Because Jordan fans would have you believe that losing in the finals is worse than losing in the first round. They would. How dumb does that statement sound? Losing in the finals is worse than losing in the first round. Hmm. And the reason why I bring that up is all you hear about is LeBron's four and six record in the finals. Six losses in the finals. That's all you hear about. But you never hear about how Michael Jordan never got out of the first round of the playoffs without Scottie Pippen. For some reason, that escapes people's memories when they're talking about who's the GOAT. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, look at their regular season records, all right? We're not even talking about the first round. Let's go into the regular season record, all right? Jordan's regular season record without Pippen, his whole career is, he's 154 for 170. He's a 47.5% winner. And the playoffs? Oh, don't bring up the playoffs. Not only did Jordan not make it out of the first round without Pippen, 
He was one in nine. One in nine in the playoffs without Pippen. That's a 10% win percentage. But look at Pippen. Pippen's record without Jordan now. Regular season, 295 to 185. That's 61% win percentage to Jordan's 47 and a half. And then the playoffs, 19 of 21, 47 and a half percent. I'm telling you guys, when you start to look at the numbers, it starts to look bad. And speaking of the first round of the playoffs, because I know a lot of you think losing in the first round is better than losing in the finals. But Jordan's lost three. Would you, before I even get into it, would you even believe, all right? Would you even believe that Jordan has lost three times in the first round of the playoffs? Three times. You want to know how many LeBron's lost? In the first round of the playoffs? Zero. And let's not even get into Bird Celtics. Because Jordan lost to Bird Celtics every time. And not only that, this also escapes people's memory. He lost three times in a row to the Pistons. And those two teams were the biggest competition he had faced in the playoffs. And he lost. He lost. But that escapes people's memories. I don't know why. They don't give LeBron those excuses. Nobody gives LeBron those excuses. And if you say you have... You're completely lying because it took LeBron four years after being a 19-year-old rookie in 2003. It took him four years from 2003 to drag a sorry Cavs team to the conference finals and eventually the NBA finals. After four years of Jordan's Bulls career, Jordan and the Bulls never even sniffed the conference finals. Never even sniffed him. And then you look at the 2007 Eastern Conference Finals. This is when LeBron James is 23 years old, man. Cavs versus the Pistons. LeBron goes crazy. Game 5. Series tied 2-2. What does LeBron do? 48 points. And he scored the Cavs final 25 points at 23 Years old. That's ridiculous. Scored the Cavs final 25 points at 23 years old. And people still labeled him unclutch. Can you believe that? 23 years old is when LeBron James first made his first finals with a mop bucket, a broom, and a squeegee. That's who he made the finals with. Go look at that Cavaliers team in 2007 and tell me the other great player playing beside LeBron James because there was not one. 
There was not one. I'll wait all day, all year, no matter how long it takes, because you will not find one. Michael Jordan was 25 when he first made his NBA Finals. 25. That's two years after LeBron. Two years. And then you want to go a little step deeper? I would venture to say that Scottie Pippen is completely and utterly underrated. We already know the regular season record with the two. All right, we already know that. We already know Scottie Pippen is a proven more of a winner than Michael Jordan in the regular season, at least. But let's look at this. Their playoff totals in their six finals runs. Michael Jordan, the only stat he has Pippen beaten, believe it or not, is points. Pippen has more rebounds, more assists, more steals, more blocks. But people would really have you believe that Michael Jordan carried Scottie Pippen. Hell, Michael Jordan wouldn't even guard the best player on the other team half the time. He would hand that job off to Scottie Pippen. But MJ Stans would have you believe differently, right? They certainly would. Scottie Pippen in terms of NBA history, is grossly underrated because of the praise that people like to give Michael Jordan. You looked at those six final stats right there, those six finals. Only thing Jordan has Pippen beating his points. You want to know, it, LeBron James, every single year, it seems like he leads his team in points, rebounds, assists, everything in the finals. At least he did all those Warriors years. Never gets brought up, though. But if we were to bring up the flip side of it, which is Pippen actually had Jordan beat in a lot of those categories, oh, no. Don't bring that up. Don't you dare. It's only the truth, guys. That's why I keep saying, the more you look at the numbers, the more you tend to look a little sideways about how the narratives have played out. And let's look at the narratives, shall we? Because the narratives, and I've told you guys, sports are about narratives. And the narratives have always gone in favor of Michael Jordan. Always. And what I mean by this is he never beat Bird when Bird was in his prime. But guess what? Guess what they say. Guess what Bird said after he scored 63 points in a loss, I might add. In a loss, Bird said, oh, that's God in basketball shoes. I'll bring up LeBron again. Game one, NBA Finals, Warriors, four Hall of Famers on that team. LeBron James was playing with George Hill as his second best player. Get out of here. Scores 51 and loses at the end in a nail-biter because J.R. Smith forgot the score of the game. Nobody gives LeBron that excuse, though. Nobody says anything about that. Jordan does it, and he's God in basketball shoes. LeBron does it, and it's he failed. He didn't get the job done. He failed. The narratives have always been weighted towards Michael Jordan's way. 
Hell, I remember when LeBron was coming in the league out of high school, 2003, he was going to go to the Cavs. They asked the Cavs teammates how they felt about him, and these people had the audacity to say that they hope LeBron jumps on their bandwagon and that they don't think a 19-year-old kid is going to lead them anywhere or is going to change things in basketball. <laughs> oh my goodness. The narrative, the, the narrative thing completely gets me because there's there's totally a double standard when it comes to it. The difference is Michael Jordan was loved. LeBron James has never been loved. People are more jealous of LeBron than they love him. With Michael, it was the other way around. More people loved him than were jealous of him. And the narratives, to try to act like the narratives of these two career has not played a big part in it is utterly ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. The narrative for Michael Jordan is that he's clutch, right? And the narrative for LeBron is that he's not clutch. But man, when I try to tell you guys LeBron James has double even more than he has more playoff game winners than Kobe and Michael combined two players that are definitely thought of as being more clutch than LeBron but when I tell you that LeBron's got more playoff buzzer beaters you just shake your head and go mm, you know I don't think that counts yeah I know because you don't think any of the numbers count right I mean, when you start to look at things, if you take, like I said, if you take away 2011 LeBron James where he did melt down, I'll be the first to admit he did melt down. But you take that away and you look at just the numbers, LeBron James has been the clutchest player in NBA basketball. And here we are in 2020, nine years after that, nine years of evidence, and people are still saying LeBron isn't clutch. Really? Look at the numbers, man. They say different. They say that you're clutchest guy in NBA history. Nowhere near LeBron James's clutchness. No matter what metric you look at, baskets in the last five minutes, baskets in the last two minutes, playoff game-winning buzzer beaters, LeBron has all of them. But MJ fans wouldn't want you to know that. <laughs> no, they would not. And it goes back to what I said. Jordan was the original. Might not have been the best, but people can't let go of him because of how he made them feel. How he made them feel. And that's okay. That's okay because we're not done with this comparison. We're going to look at next, we're going to look at Jordan versus LeBron finals opponents. Yes, we are. And when you look at the finals opponents... The first thing you think of is that Jordan played nowhere near the finals competition that LeBron has played in his career. Now, 2007, yes, LeBron James got swept by the Spurs. Yes, he did. But that was the finals. So if you want to try to use that against LeBron, guess what, Jordan fans? Your guy got swept by the Celtics. Oh, but wait, we got excuses. The Celtics were one of the greatest teams of all time. Oh, yeah. Well, Tim Duncan and the Spurs, Greg Popovich, 
Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Not they went on to win four rings, Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker did, but Tim Duncan went on to win five. But that's not that's never brought up, right? We can't make excuses for LeBron. No, we cannot. We can only make them for Michael. I forgot. I forgot that statement. I forgot that. All right. The only one comparable, really, to me is the Mavericks with LeBron. Like, yeah, that team was weak. LeBron should have won that title. Not that that team was weak, but that was one that LeBron should have won. All right. But I can compare that to a Charles Barkley-led Suns team. I could say that Dirk Nowitzki, in my mind, is better than Charles Barkley, right? And if you're a Jordan fan, you don't agree, and you think Barkley's better, I would say to you, well, when we bring up the GOAT debate, it's always about who has more rings, right? Who has more rings? That's, what, that's the only thing that matters. Well, when you look at that, who has more rings, Dirk or Charles Barkley? Oh, that's right. Damn. Dirk does. So in your eyes, that should make Dirk better. Should it not? <laughs> yeah, I could do this all day, ladies and gentlemen. I could do this one all day. Let's look at LeBron James's first title win. Oklahoma City Thunder. Three future MVPs were on that team. One of them was Kevin Durant, who's going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. Another one was Russell Westbrook. Average triple-double in a season twice. Twice. And another one was James Harden, who is universally recognized as one of the greatest scorers the NBA has ever seen. Oh, yeah, LeBron took him out in five. Took him out in five. And then the next year, he repeats against the Spurs. The Spurs are a pretty good team. Third dynasty. One of the dynasties of the 2000s. Beat them. And yes, he did lose to them. But you Jordan fans like to make excuses for Jordan, so I'll make one for LeBron. That team had four Hall of Famers. Jordan's never played a team in the finals that's had more than two Hall of Famers. Never. And that team was the Jazz with Stockton and Malone. And they were great. Yes, but I would argue that they have the same problem that the Rockets of today have, is which is they could never get over the hump. They were always known as chokers. That's who Jordan beat. It's really amazing when you get to look at it. Then we don't even get to the Warriors. The 73-win Warriors. LeBron came back and beat him after being down 3-1, which was the greatest championship run ever. Ever. And if you want to bring up 2015, go ahead. You want to bring up LeBron losing in six with Matthew Dellavedova? As his second best player because Kyrie went down and Kevin Love went down? That's the argument you want to use? That's a horrible argument. Especially when you look at the fact that Matthew Dellavedova was the second best player on that team. And LeBron James still averaged 36 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists a game. That's ridiculous. People were thinking about giving him the finals MVP in a loss. That's how great he was. 
It was almost becoming undeniable. Undeniable. So go ahead, look at their opponents. Because those Spurs teams and that Warriors team were better than the Utah Jazz team that Jordan faced. I don't care what nobody says. They were. Look at the numbers. Look how many championships Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili won. And how many did John Stockton and Karl Malone won? Because championships is all Jordan fans care about, right? Oh, that's right. Stockton Malone won zero. But they'd have you believe that those teams were better than the Spurs and that they were better than the Warriors. Really? Are we really going here right now? This is insane. I think the finals opponent that LeBron faced this year, the Heat, and the 2011 Mavericks, which, as I said, if rings are the only thing that's important, Joe Kravinsky's definitely better than Charles Barkley, right? Right? I mean, come on. Let's keep the argument consistent here. Let's keep it consistent. But if you look at the Miami Heat, and, like I said, to a lesser degree, the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, those are more of the style of opponents that Michael Jordan faced. It's just the facts, folks. Don't get mad at me. It's just the facts. Michael Jordan is the only player in NBA history where his failures do not count. And when you bring up his failures, everyone's got an excuse. But when you try to bring up an excuse for LeBron, which he does have legitimate ones, both of them have legitimate excuses. But when you try to bring him up for LeBron, oh, they don't want to hear it. Nope, they don't want to hear it. But when you bring up one thing about Michael, oh, they're the first ones to come with an excuse to you. So that's why I say it's interesting. When you look at the totality of everything, the more the scale tips towards LeBron James. It does. What I often tell people is Michael Jordan was the best scorer of all time. He was not the best player. He does not pass as well as LeBron. He does not rebound as well as LeBron. No, he doesn't. The only thing he does better than LeBron is score. That's it. That is it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. To me, that's all they do. I mean, that's all he does. He scores better than LeBron, but every single thing else LeBron's got him beaten. I know people like to use, well, LeBron's been in the league longer and all this and that. Well, that's some more credit to LeBron. Because he takes care of his body. He's not out gambling every night, smoking cigars, drinking whiskey and tequila. No, he's in the lab, he's eating healthy, and he's taking care of himself. So that's suddenly a downfall for him? I'm sorry, that's part of being great, in my mind. It's around the clock. When people aren't looking, how great are you? LeBron's shown he's very great. So that's why these these comparisons can go either way, really. I have more numbers. We could do this all day long if we really wanted to. But numbers are numbers. Like I said, you're, you're going to go with how they made you feel. 
LeBron James, when I watch him, makes me feel like I'm watching the best player on planet Earth and the best player of all time. And I'm sure Michael Jordan had that same effect on people. And that's why I don't hate on you if you have Jordan as your GOAT because I get it. But also don't hate on people that have LeBron as their GOAT because Mike Breen said it best, like I said in my last podcast. Mike Breen said it best. When you look at the career resumes, LeBron James takes a back seat to no one. Absolutely no one. And this debate will go on forever, I am sure. Forever. Forever, because it is that close of a debate. Once you look at everything, it becomes a real heated, passionate debate, which I'm sure everyone knows. It's an interesting debate to talk about. It really is interesting for me to talk about. I was like, I was pumped up to do this show today because it's interesting. Michael Jordan versus LeBron. What's more interesting is that these two are always going to be tied together no matter what happens from here on out. It almost seems like you're never going to be able to mention MJ without mentioning LeBron, and you're never, ever going to mention LeBron without having to mention MJ. That's where we're at. And that's okay. That's okay. Both men were great. I get if you have MJ as your number one, and you should get if I have LeBron as my number one. Because to me, in my mind, yes, I have LeBron as my number one, but it's 1A and 1B. If if you were to tell me tomorrow that I was an owner of an NBA team and I had to go against someone who had Michael Jordan, but I could get LeBron, I'm not feeling bad about myself. Hell no. I'm feeling like we got a chance, fellas. So that's what I mean. It's 1A and 1B, but if you're going to ask me, I'll take LeBron for those facts I just stated and for a lot more, but I don't really feel like getting into all of it today because we got a long time to talk about it. And all I'll end this debate with is these Jordan fans, they better hope LeBron James doesn't repeat with the Lakers because that would be five titles. And then that debate gets a hell of a lot more interesting. If you think it's interesting now, if LeBron wins next year, (laughs) watch how interesting this debate gets. I'm telling you right now. But for right now, that's where we'll leave this debate. It seems like a good place to leave it, I'm sure. I'm positive, as a matter of fact. We will revisit this debate, but for right now... We do got to move on to other things. But like I said, if you're going to ask me, and I was born in 97, so maybe I'm biased, but I think a lot of other people are biased as well. I really do. But LeBron James is the best basketball player I've ever seen, and I'll leave it at that. Now we have to move on to a hot topic recently, and that is what are the Lakers' chances of repeating? Now, my answer to you guys might be a little more interesting than others, mainly because I don't want to answer it quite yet. I know we touched on it briefly the last podcast, but it's hard to touch on it until you know who's going to be the team for the Lakers next year. There's things that they could do in free agency. There's things they could do to up their team, up their roster, make it a little better. There's things they could do with Kyle Kuzma, maybe trade him. Whatever the case may be, this is not going to be the roster that goes into next season for the Lakers, and I can almost guarantee you that. But what will be the same is LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I know there's a lot of speculation. Will AD leave? Will he choose to go somewhere else? 
he ain't leaving. I don't think he's leaving until LeBron's done if he does decide to leave. That's number one. Number two is, I know I can't really make an informed decision on whether the Lakers can repeat until I know what they get as free agents, what they do with their team, because their team could be a hell of a lot different than now. I don't think this team will be enough to repeat next year. I really don't. I think they do need to make some changes. I think the Clippers are going to come back strong, which we'll talk about them in a minute. They got a new head coach. We'll talk about them in a second here. And I definitely think the Warriors will come back strong. And those are two teams this year that maybe under underwhelmed people. Maybe not so much the Clippers. They made the playoffs and stuff. But the Warriors did underwhelm some people. So they'll be back. Klay Thompson will be back. And it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially since they got the number two draft pick, I believe, and Andrew Wiggins, who they could possibly move. So Warriors got some flexibility We'll see what the Clippers do. If the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George and they're relying on them to be their guys, I'm sorry, I'm not picking them. They're not, no, no way. I'll still pick the Nuggets to be better than them, which reminds me the Nuggets will be back. So the Lakers, it's really hard to determine where they'll be next year and what chances they have to repeat. But you got to say, as long as they got LeBron and AD, they have a good chance to repeat because as long as they have those two, I don't think it'll be that hard for them to get free agents to go there. You know what I'm saying? It's LA, it's LeBron, it's AD, it's championships, it's the best franchise in sports. It won't be hard to get people to go there. But I think teams like the Warriors will be back and they'll be standing in their way a little bit. And I don't think the Warriors are done. I think they got some things up their sleeve of what they're going to do in terms of adding talent and everything of that nature. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward what happens. But, hey, you got a great chance to repeat if you're LeBron and AD. I'm not going to go as far as Magic Johnson and say that they will repeat because I want to see what they do. I do. I want to see what they do to their roster. But like I said, LeBron and AD equals a great chance to win the finals every single season. So that's good for them, and I do think they got a great chance next year, but like I said, it's just one of those things. We'll have to wait and see what happens through the offseason and through free agency. I don't know if you guys heard, but Chris Haynes did report that after winning the finals against the Miami Heat, LeBron James pulled Anthony Davis to the side, and he told him, we got more work to do. And if that's the case, I love it from LeBron. It shows that he doesn't think he's done. It shows that he thinks he's got a lot in the tank, and it shows that he's chasing a ghost down in, down in Chicago, which is Michael Jordan. I got no problem with that. But to me, overall, to me, that shows that LeBron James does not think he's done winning championships. He doesn't. And the Lakers' repeat chances, honestly, to me, hinge on whether or not Anthony Davis becomes the Lakers' best player. Look, LeBron James' legacy is cemented. He is going to be either one or two in the GOAT debate to a lot of people. It's cemented now. You don't need to add finals MVPs to cement your legacy, in my opinion. If AD wins finals MVP, but LeBron's able to win two or three more, it doesn't matter to me. Winning those two or three more as a second-best player does more for his legacy than not winning. You know what I'm saying? 
So that's going to be the interesting thing for them. And we all know their crosstown rivals, the LA Clippers, which should be coming back with Avengers next year because uh, they were a little embarrassed this year. So let's get into the Clippers a little bit. They, of course, hired Ty Lue as their head coach. And I love the hire. I love Ty Lue. I really do. I think Ty Lue's great for this team. I think he'll bring them an edge. And Ty Lue, those of you that don't know, in 2016, when the Cavs were playing the Warriors, Ty Lue pulled LeBron James, one of the greatest players ever, aside and told him, hey, man, you need to do more. So this is someone right away who's not going to be afraid to call out a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George. He's not going to be afraid to. And that's going to be great for the Clippers because too often I thought Doc Rivers made excuses for these guys and really just let these guys do whatever the hell they wanted to do. I don't think Ty Lue is going to do that. And what gives me more confidence in Ty Lue is the fact that Chauncey Billups was hired onto the Clippers staff as well. So the Clippers seem to be trending in the right direction. I love the hire. I love Ty Lue. But with the teams like Warriors coming up and the Nuggets, uh, it's, it's hard to see the Clippers with Paul George as their second best player being right there. But we don't know. Maybe they move on for Paul George. The offseason is young. I think a lot of changes are coming for the Clippers for sure. We just don't know what yet. We'll have to wait and see. But for right now, Ty Lue, Chauncey Billups, great hires for that organization. Ty Lue's a great head coach. I saw him in 2016 with the Cavs. He did a fa fantastic job. And I think he will do a fantastic job with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as well. Now, make no mistake about it, Steve Ballmer definitely hired him, partly because he knows a little bit about LeBron James's weaknesses. That's part of it, for sure. But we'll have to wait and see how everything plays out. But right now, I do got to say, as a Laker fan, the Clippers are moving in the right direction picking Ty Lue, and I thought it was only a matter of time before they did, and yet here they are. Ty Lue, the new head coach, they still got Kawhi, they still got Paul George. We'll see what they do with the rest of their team, but they'll be back next year. They'll be a top four team in the West for sure, and they'll be vying for an NBA championship just like the Lakers and the Warriors will. So we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, and the Nuggets. I can't forget the Nuggets. The Nuggets will be in that conversation as well. So we'll see what happens next year. But, you know, if you ask me the Lakers' chance to repeat, I, I can't put a concrete number on it because it depends on free agency. But when you got two of the top five players in the NBA, always makes the chances good. And we'll just have to see what happens. We will. And like I said, today it might be the last episode for a while. We will do a free agency special after free agency, see where everyone lands a little bit, and see how it changes the basketball landscape and whatnot. But I don't really – I thought about doing a draft one. I don't think I'm going to do one because there's really no eye-popping players coming out of the draft this year. There's really no reason to do one. So if this is the last time you hear from me for a little bit at least, I don't even know when free agency is. This pandemic's got me all screwed up. I don't know when free agency is. I don't know when the draft is. And I don't even know when the next season starts, as I'm sure a lot of you don't. But – Whenever those things happen, besides the draft, like I said, whenever free agency and the NBA season starts, we will be back on the podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. So get ready for that. And like I said, it has been a great year for me. And just I would like to thank everyone for listening. We gained quite a few listeners, some from across seas, which actually kind of surprised me and made me very happy. And we just hope to keep this thing going. 
And like I always say, if you like the podcast, give it a follow, give it a like wherever you listen to podcasts, and do not be afraid to share it around with all your friends that love basketball as well. Because as I always say, the more people talking about basketball, the merrier, baby. We all love it. We all want to talk about it. We all want to debate it. It's what we love. So get more people in here. And possibly for the last time in a while, this is Tyler, and this is the Above the Rim podcast signing out for what could be a while. So thank you again for listening this year, and I cannot wait to get back at it next season.